This is a journey into sound. I know what you pinko, heavy metal weirdos do. You are locked into MSR Cast, brought to you by Mainstream Resistance. If you like corporate bullshit, listen to commercial radio. If not, stay tuned. Fuck the mainstream. Boy, this is James Rivera. I'm going back to old school. MSR cast? Oh, come on. Yes, we've been around for a long time and we're not going away. This is James Rivera from Hellstar. Support your local scene. Welcome, everyone, to episode 160 of the MSR Cast Metal Podcast. I am your host, I am Kerry G. I'm your co-host, Sean the Metal Pigeon. And we have a very special metal guest with us this evening. We have Justin from the Comical Podcast. What's going on, guys? He happens to be a metalhead, so it sort of fits into the Metal Geeks format where you can be a metalhead and love comic books as well. Actually, most metal has love comic books. That is very in my true. Experience, pretty wide crossover, I think. Yeah. So let, before we begin in, get into this episode, let's let everybody know about your show and who you are. Where did you come from? I came from Houston, Texas, same as you. Uh, huge comic book fan, have been for years. Huge metal fan, have been my whole life, pretty much. Uh, we do a comedy show, uh, puts out every Friday morning on comicalpodcast.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, we talk about the weekly comic books, give our reviews, do a little bit of comedy bits every single time, have a lot of interesting guests on. If you like comic books, you should definitely check us out. We do comedy bits, or we think we do. No. It, we'll we leave do, that up to interpretation. We do bad puns. Yep. And well, we sometimes obsess about uh, metal bands and ice cream. Yep. That's very true. Are you are you using the royal we as in just me? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we got that cleared. <laughs> good, good. So we have a bunch of uh, metal news to get into tonight, and as well as, uh, you know, this is our, of course our new format of the show. We don't play wall-to-wall metal like we used to. Um, we sort of intersperse some music into your ears every every once in a while, just to, like a palate cleanser now. Yeah, yeah. no longer playlisting, more discussion. Yep. Yep. We're like NPR now. Yes. Can yeah. we, do, we Very do serious our- Grantland or NPR-style podcast. That's right. Yeah. You, got, you got a beer? No, no beer. No beer? No beers are allowed on, on the podcast. That is true. Did you so, say no beards? We're all in trouble. I know, no <laughs> beards. Hey, Sean does not have a beard. I don't have a beard, no. Well, well we make you need up to grow a beard. Yeah if, yeah, if I don't shave for a day, see, this is this is half a day's worth right here. I can get one pretty quick if we need to. By the end of the show? Yeah, no Take shave in November. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is my four o'clock shadow, so yeah. right here. So let's get into like your your musical background. What is your favorite metal bands, and how did you get into the in, into? Okay, this is this is the shit that I like. Uh, well, you want to know about my progression into metal? Uh, when I was a kid, I grew up listening to mostly Disney soundtracks and stuff like that. I did I did a little bit too, but I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, when I got to be middle school age, I started listening to the grunge movement and stuff like that. And you know that's all hard rock, and it kind of just progressed from there. Like I discovered Nine Inch Nails, I discovered Offspring. Actually, it was thrash metal back then, and I really dug that album. I think that's the penultimate album for me, the thing that pushed me into liking metal. So the much. Offspring, yeah, Smash, the okay. first album. And from did, there, did you did you compare them to thrash metal? They they were back then. Hmm. You don't think so? I don't. I don't know if I agree with that. 
I, I could see some elements being it, cro- crossing yeah. over. Yeah. Okay, we'll we'll move on from there. <laughs> but but you know, that was the mid. That was like the what ninety four. Yeah. That was a time when like a lot of genres were blending together anyway. Yeah. Right. So it was okay to. It was to more. Like thr- it was more thrash than anything I had heard at the time. Yeah. And it was what really kind of pushed me into liking that heavier sound. Exactly, and then from yeah. there, I listened to Metallica and Meshuggah and uh, Nine Inch Nails and just a lot of different kind of metal stuff. And now, you know, I listen to pretty much everything. I love extreme metal. I love black metal. Uh, Dimmu Borgir is actually my favorite band. Oh, cool. Yeah, huge Dimmu fan. I that is not someone that I. I like Demi Borgir, but that band gets a lot of hate unnecessarily. Uh, I agree. I'm I'm a huge fan of them as well. And it's rare to meet someone who will say that they're their favorite band. I have an I have an autographed Demi Borgir uh, drumhead upstairs in my in my office. Really? I do. Huh. It's pretty cool. It was pretty at the awesome. uh, Demi Borgir and Enslaved show, which was fucking phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> and I have an autographed drumhead from Enslaved as well. Ah, cool. Nice. That was a good night. I once told Shagrath had to get to a gas station <laughs> on foot. That's awesome. <laughs> the show in 2004. That's great. Yeah. So why, why did you say that about Demu, that people are afraid to admit that they like them? <clears throat> I think what it is is they're, they're, they fall along the same lines as Cradle these days, where it's just they're, they're not really considered black metal anymore. They're just kind of considered extreme metal. They've, they've gotten so commercially successful that they've been kind of rejected by some people who are just not interested in hearing anything they have to do. I think their last album actually had some of the most interesting stuff I've ever heard yeah, from them. Yeah, absolutely. The title track from that album was fantastic. I, I Speaking of Cradle of Filth, I tried to go back and listen to a couple of uh, l- the later era Cradle albums. Yeah, no. I'm just not getting it anymore. No, but the good news is that Paul Allender left the band, so they'll have He's some... In that- Paul, he's in that band, uh, Wide Empress now. Yeah, who yeah. Uh, who is actually it's actually pretty good. I say that's good because you could tell that he was losing interest in Cradle. Yeah, just writing wise, he was starting to recycle his own. Well, ideas. Danny has a new album, new band called Devilment, which is the worst kind of gum there is. But <laughs> it's it's um, they should have just called it Cradle of Fills, in my opinion. It's yeah, it's exactly what it. It's exactly what you would expect. Yeah. Well, Which is sort of saddening, but whatever. New Blood and Cradle of Filth can only help that band and do make them do something interesting again. There, I, I haven't had a Cradle of Filth album that I've listened to uh, since Midian that I, I thought was remotely interesting. So, oh, Midian was a great album. Yeah, fourteen years ago. Um, <laughs> yeah. Nymphetamine, I, I love that album I love too. Okay, the Nymphetamine. song was it's great. probably my favorite album. The song, it's the, the title track. The title was track Lift was great, but the rest of the album yeah. suffered. I mean, they even did a good cover of, uh, what was that cover? Temptation? Yeah, mm-hmm. Temptation. I thought that was yeah. a good cover. Yeah. Even, the rest of the album was just sort of, meh. There was even things on th- Thornography that I really liked. Okay, yeah, I think that was the last one I don't one remember I that album. That's, yeah. you know. That was before Godspeed and the Devil's yeah, Thunder. Yeah, right? Godspeed and the Devil's Thunder where they definitely took kind of a weird turn. Yeah. There's still some good songs, but the whole album is not as good as it used to be. Yeah, it's just that when you have one guy writing yep. the music, everything else will start to degrade over time as his interest wanes in the band. And uh, Paul Allender, that I, I, def- I, I when I saw them live in two thousand eight, it was Satyricon and and Cradle, and Satyricon was great, and then Cradle came out, and they looked like the most bored black metal band you could possibly <laughs> imagine. Just Paul Allender was just not interested but in being up there at all. Do you bands like that, like we mentioned, Jimmy Brigier and then Cradle of Fills? I don't, they're not really black metal anymore. They might have had their roots in that style, but yeah, they're just extreme. They metal. still have elements. Extreme, yeah. But they're definitely more extreme. Yeah. And I'm not in that mindset where I have to be like, oh, if it's not raw black metal, I don't like it. There can't be keyboards and all that. But no, I mean, which I, I, I enjoy keyboards. Yeah. It, it, 
it brings a great dynamic to that music. But I'm not going to pretend and say like that I prefer later Demi Borgir over Enthroned Darkness Triumphant, you know, because that that album is a masterpiece for a reason. But um, it's good. The thing with Demi is they always had that musical vocabulary where they could expand grow their sound and become either grandiose or bigger or just like on the last album just more uh catchy pop right. you know and pop every oriented. every album they put out has a different kind of sound to it as well yeah. which i really like i mean yeah i like everything from Stormblast all the way to abrahad abra yeah i mean even even with the changes with icx vortex coming in and going away i love like, vortex man a lot of people are purists and they want only the black metal sound which i understand but i'm not that picky when it comes to it i, I enjoy all of it for yeah. what it is i agree it's all it's all metal, man. If you enjoy it, you enjoy it. If you don't like it, don't listen to it. Yeah, that's that's the purpose of our show. Let's talk about another band. Have you were you ever a fan of At the Gates? Did not, you ever worship At the Gates? I did not worship At the Gates. No, I actually hadn't heard very much of their stuff. I'd heard a few songs here and there, but I had never really listened to them in depth until today when I started listening to their newest album. That's let's talk about that. They uh, reunited. What maybe like four? Ish years ago, something like that. Uh, longer than that, it has, has to it be. been that long because now? I remember seeing them either in two thousand eight, yeah, or two thousand, you know, two thousand eight. So this so is they've the first been around since oh seven. They they came back in oh seven for those festivals. Mm-hmm. It's been that long, really. And then, yeah, then they did the reunion tour in the U.S. in oh eight. That's yeah. when I saw them, and right. So yeah, it's been a so long time. This is the first album though under this reunite yeah. reunited, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I, I think it took them a while for them to go on the road. And come to a conclusion that okay, it's okay for us to do new material. I think honestly, like my gut feeling is that when they, when Carcass announced they were doing it, <laughs> then the at, the at the gates decided okay, well, let's let's try it. And not to to belittle anybody, but I think Carcass does it much much better. Well, I think Car- yeah, Surgical Steel is a almost a flawless album. I think it sets the benchmark for any band that's trying to reunite. Yeah, that's the benchmark. You have to be that good. And that inspired and right. I mean, it's the, the okay. Surgical Steel. We're gonna play a track from a new EP they just put out. Um, it's actually called what is it? What is it called? Surgical Remission. Yeah. So it's like a five-song EP, and it's basically tracks that didn't make the album or was like a B-side in Japan somewhere. And they they made an EP out of it recently. But I gotta say, man, if Carcass is doing it right, they're they're taking every era of their career. And blending it together to make something, yeah, brand new and exciting to me. Yeah, and they're not and they're not dumbing it down. No, they're not watering it down. I'm not saying that At the Gates did that, but At War with Reality is, is it's a hard album to talk about. I think it's, it was a hard album for me to write about because it's not bad, <laughs> but it's, it's not, not a bad good. album. No, it is. There's parts of it that are good. Yeah. I just think it, here's my problem with the album. They played it safe. Mm-hmm. And they didn't let themselves go off in the directions that uh, that they used to on their their classic albums, where they would just sort of be playful and, and toy around with the idea of what metal could sound like. You know, Sire of the Soul for for as conventional as it seems now. Yeah, when it came out, it was, it was very extremely ridiculous. Yeah, radical. it was. It's. It, they were sort of the grandfathers of the new. You know that Swedish style yeah and it's and it's like you can't it's hard to hold that against them because they're that that the sound on that album got copied and watered down by metalcore bands by melodic death metal bands yeah. over and over the past you know what 15 years or 19 years or whatever it's been and tammy's you made me feel old when you say that and, <laughs> and it's just it's unfortunate because you you're always in the sort of compare 
you are going to compare this new album to those classic albums. What I tried to do was not listen to those albums. I knew this was coming. I'm not going to listen to Terminal Spirit Disease. I'm not going to listen to The Red in the Sky. Yeah. I'm not going to listen to Slaughter of the Soul. I'm going to just listen to this and see what I think. And my first thought was, oh, they played it safe. Yeah. Okay. Like, I listened to it four. Clean. I listened to it like three or four times at work today, right? Yeah. It's only one or two tracks that really even stuck out to me. I'm like, oh. Try 20. I've counted my, my, how many times I've listened to this album front to back all the way through 20. And how many I, tracks stick out to you? One. And that's the one we're going to play, <laughs> right? The Night Eternal. It's the last song on the album. It's the one where they actually are, um, they kind of play around with this sort of dissection-like uh, mm-hmm. melody and this, right. these like, kind of blackened riffs and vocals. And it's really interesting. It's like, okay, that's new. I haven't heard At The Gates do anything like that before. It's like At The Gates meets Dissection. But yeah, you, you're right. Like, okay, the first couple they play it safe. Like, track two and track three, they they especially track two, it sounds like something you expect from an old At the Gate album. You're yep. like, oh well, it's okay. I can get into this, and then it sort of falters. The, the album just sort of like becomes forgettable in a way. Yeah, I mean, because the because is it Anders Bjor, the guitarist? He has a way with like he has a very like signature sound. Mm. The problem with, I think, this album is that you heard so much of that sound in The Haunted because he yeah. just carried it over when At The Gates you know, w- was over. And then I feel like I've heard these sounds before. The riffs don't really stand out. I feel like the riffs are just collections of <laughs> That makes a lot of sense of to me. Pieces, so you know? The guitarist from At The Gates is the guitarist for The Haunted. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. You didn't yeah. know that? I didn't yeah. know that. But yeah. now, now that I've... Now that I'm hearing that, we have we actually have the lights off in the room, and a light bulb just went off in his head. <laughs> so let's get your opinion. This is the first time you really you really ever listened to At the Gates. I mean, you you've probably heard him before and never never realized it. But what's your opinion on this album? I enjoyed it. Like you said, it's not a perfect album. It's not anything outstanding, but it's a good album. And and what I did here today, I enjoyed. Yeah, it's serviceable, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. See, I think you have the advantage over us because we. Yeah. We all because as much as I tried not to, I still was comparing it to the their old stuff. And the, the thing is, it's not it's not entirely an excuse for At the Gates because I compared the new Carcass album to Heartwork and oh yeah and uh, you know all, all their great stuff. And it's like it's hard not to compare to what came before, no matter what. It was just an exciting is, album. You know, this, uh, Surgical Steel was exciting, and the thing that's that you know uh, the new At the Gates is not exciting. It's good in the sense that it sounds good, and some of the tracks are like, oh, they're they're good while I'm listening to them. And then I, I when I walk away, I can't remember it. You know why I listened to the album today? It's because I knew we were going to discuss it. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't, which is weird because I'd, you know, I'd usually be excited to listen to a new album like that. But I, yeah, does that mean does that mean it was just a little too little too late or? No, I mean, I was, I was. What are the fans, the hardcore fans' reactions going to be to this album? But who is a hard? See, that's the thing. Like, I was thinking, what I was trying to think of was like, who was at that show when I went to go see At the Gates? Mm-hmm. Just a bunch of like, like older metalheads, and <laughs> and you know, there were some younger guys there and stuff. But it was just a bunch of people who had, who were. Everyone was there because of the classics and yeah. the nostalgia around it, and the band was there because of that too. Right. There's nothing wrong with. That. I, don't, I don't think there should be like a stigma against that, like band touring on their old stuff. But, you know, it's like, who is an At The Gates, like a, what kind of At The Gates fan today would expect new music from them? And then what would they expect that new music to sound like? And I don't sit here listening to, like, Slaughter the Soul every month or something, so I haven't right. been listening to these albums in a while. 
I consider myself like a student of metal in the sense that I'm going to listen to their new album and appreciate and try to appreciate their sense in history. There's that word try. But I'm not a fan in the sense that I'm a, like, like, oh, I can't wait to hear it, you know? Yeah, that's the same way I felt about it, which was, was disheartening a and, little bit. And I felt that same way before the Carcass album came out. Mm-hmm. But when I heard that album, I was like, mm-hmm. I'm just, I can't wait to hear these songs live. Yeah. It's so good. It's so, it, it, it renewed my faith in that style of death metal, you know? Yes. Agreed. Let's um, so let's do this. Let's play something from the new At the Gate, just yep. so people can understand what we're talking about. This is a great track, though. I'll yeah, this is the track called the the Night the Eternal. Night Eternal. This is the last track on the album. Yep. So you have to make it through the whole album to get here, or yep. just listen to it now. Yeah, this is a great song. What, the name of the album is called At War with Reality. Yep. And it's uh, available now for your listening enjoyment, or non enjoyment if if you take that road. <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, get into this, and we'll be right back.
So that was at the gate, the night eternal at the gate. Sorry, pluralized. Yes. Um, that is from more than one. The, the more than one gate at uh, at war with reality. So we were just having a little bit of discussion while we we're listening to that track. Um, Justin brought up the point, asked a question to Sean. Yeah, I was just asking you, uh, what do you consider their best album? Uh, for me, Terminal Spirit Disease, but I think that's just like a sentimental favorite. Like, if I had to recommend someone who had never heard of the band, I would slaughter the soul is what I would hand to them. So yeah, it's like a it's like a great intro to the band, you know. Yeah, and and the most accessible album, you know. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. But you you were a fan, uh, you said of the Haunted, so that makes sense that you would sort of like this album because it sort of it reminded me of later day music from the haunted you know yeah i can definitely see the similarities and there are aspects of the album that i really liked i mean there were parts of it that were kind of mundane but there were parts that i liked a lot and i'd like to hear more so asking what the best album see, and is. that's the thing right there a, a, a guy who had never heard at the gates before right said that parts of the new album were mundane and the old at the gates albums when i first heard that band i someone gave me a cop a, a, a cassette of terminal spirit disease and it was not mundane. <laughs> right, <laughs> it was the exactly. furthest thing from mundane. And uh, yeah, I, you know what? I, if when when At the Gates comes to town, I will go see them, and I'm gonna enjoy every second of yeah. seeing them. And I'm not gonna hold it against them. They tried. I just I don't think it's gonna damage their legacy. I just don't think it's gonna add anything to it. Basically, you know. Yeah, it, yeah, it's definitely not gonna damage it. It's just no. you know, it's just it's good try. Hopefully, but. it's just. Um, a stopover album until the next one, which they'll actually get back into the groove and actually back into okay. Here's what we need, really need to be doing. They haven't said they were going to do. They they said they were going to do this one. They haven't said really? they're going to do another one, have they? I don't know. Okay, because if they do, I mean that gives me more hope for it. Because <laughs> not after hearing this review, they're not. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, you think. Sorry, like, guys, I didn't mean to like destroy your. If they have more stuff <laughs> in the career. tank, if they have more like creative blendings in the tank with, with with like Lindbergh's experiences in the Crown. And, and yeah. their experiences in The Haunted, like, they've expanded their palette a little bit. And what I heard on The Night Eternal, the song we just listened to, is was creative and, and interesting enough for me to think, like, yeah, I could, they could they could have another chance and go again and and see what we can come up with. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think they have it in them to make another great album, so. I know we're getting into another track pretty soon after we just played something, but let, before we move on too far, let's talk about Carcass. Yes, we, we talked about, of course, uh, Surgical Steel, one of everybody's top ten albums, probably top two albums last year. Um, everybody really dug the fuck out of that album. Yeah, it was the perfect combination of, you know, the later era groove and like what they were, you know, what they were really known for in their in their early grindy grindage. Some yeah, taste, some tasty grindage was going on there. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, so they just put out a new EP called. Um, it's called Surgical Remission, which is, like I said before, just basically B-side tracks. Right. And you can get it. Um, I've seen ads on it for Facebook, on Facebook. You par- apparently, you can get it at Best Buy and that kind of place. But, huh. but it's, uh, you know, five or six songs, and you can get it on iTunes and Amazon and all that. But the track that I picked is called Intensive Battery Brooding, and it, it fits right into, like, that hard work era of the band. Yeah. It's just, it's magical. It doesn't sound like it could have been a B-side. <laughs> that's that's the funny part is the B-sides don't sound like B-sides. Yeah. They're like, hey, this this is a really good album. Yeah, I mean, because all these songs were written during the same time as Surgical Steel, the the actual yeah. writing sessions for that album, and they were writing inspired stuff. They were just on a roll. So, oh yeah. yeah. 
So let's get into this track and uh, everybody jam out. We'll be right back.
new carcass. Excellent. Excellent new carcass. Sorry, like my carcass is brand new. <laughs> well, does that sort of defeat the name? I'm just joking around. That's, uh, what, they do that. They dry age their beef or something. Yeah. Some dried aged carcass right there. <laughs> Been sitting around for a couple of years. Good shit. But yeah, it's a brand new uh, EP they just put out, which I wasn't even expecting that to come out. Yeah, no, that's it was news to me too. So makes me want to go back and listen to Surgical Steel though. Hearing that. Yep. Exactly. And so what did we hear before that? We were talking about At the Gate. At War with Reality. Yep. So we'll move on from there. Yep. <laughs> um, have you seen any shows recently? No, not since... Uh, what was your last concert? Sonata Artica. Really? Uh, we ta- yeah, we talked about it in the last show. Um, yeah. It was way back in October. Yeah. You went to the King Diamond show recently? I did. And, I wasn't planning uh, on it. I, I thought about going to that show, but and then that night you, you texted me and told me. Yeah. And I was so wiped out i was so tired we were re- yeah we were originally going to record that night and I, last minute I, a friend of mine who actually does the intro to the show bill Bates, he's like hey you're coming to the show with me mm, all right all right okay i've like, seen king uh, diamond i've never like, seen fine, go i've never seen king diamond live you know i've seen mirthful fate before but yeah <laughs> it was cool it was the house of blue so um tickets are like 50 bucks if you wanted to go it was like God ridiculous damn. but um it was a lot of fun. He did a really cool show. He, I mean, he he's back, man. His vocals were top notch. He had the stage show. He had lighting. He had everything going on. He had the old lady in the grandma costume come out for songs. <laughs> so what, I saw pictures of the set. Yeah, it looked like there was a fence erected, like in the very front of the stage. There for the first couple tracks, for first couple songs, there was like this huge fence thing for some reason. And I at one point I went to the bathroom, like during like the third or fourth song, and came back out. Yeah, and it was gone. I was like, <laughs> okay, no more fence. All right. But um, yeah, man, Andy LaRoque is—it's—he's still a, an amazing guitar player, no yeah. matter what. But I've never been a huge King Diamond fan. I always liked Merciful Fate more. I like the music more. And the cool thing about the show is they actually pulled out some Merciful Fate tracks. Oh, that's cool. Which was which was interesting. Which, you know, I—I'm the type of guy who goes to a metal show and I'm looking up on my phone on setlist.fm what they're gonna pl- what they played the night before. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I gotta know what they're playing. So. Um, they play, let's see, um, Evil and Come to the Sabbath, which were fucking yeah. most amazing. And they, you know, they played, you know, the requisite, you know, King Diamond tracks, you know, Halloween. They played this, the track from Clerks 2, everybody knows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> see, exactly. Everybody knows that track. Um, I think it's uh, Welcome Home, I Welcome think is the name of that track. Yeah. yeah. And Grandma came out during that show. I just kept on imagining... Um, like Jay jumping in the window and just doing his weird dance. There was a music video for that song too, right? Where it was like there's something with the grandma involved in that music video. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that video in a long time, but I remember something vaguely familiar. And about they did that. some weird magic show portion where they had. I, it was very strange. It was a good show though. I mean, yeah. they you definitely get your money's worth at a King Diamond show. Yeah, just the set looks so cool. The set, the the, the, the stage design, the set design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was definitely worth it. Cool. Uh, and I also saw another show recently too. This was um, the it was like a Halloween weekend bash show. There's a local pub called St. Danes, which is really really cool. And James Rivera from Hellstar, you know, he plays around a lot. Yeah, he did a two night show. The first night was um, Sabbath Judas Sabbath, which he, of course he plays Black Sabbath and then Judas Priest tracks. Yeah. And the second night they he did um, his show called Metal Asylum. Which I've seen him do that before, which was basically a tribute to himself. 
So he'd play tracks from all the different bands he's ever been. It sounds weird, but if you know James Rivera, you know it's cool. No, it's, he's, he's prolific. It's no, because I mean, he 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 never played Hell. He didn't really play Hellstar shit, but he played like Flotsam and Jetsam right. and like Killing Machine and all the bands that he'd ever been in. But this night, all they did was Iron Maiden covers. That's cool. And it was really really cool. And yeah. they played a lot off the first two albums. Huh. But they did some stuff off somewhere in time, and it was, I, I gotta say, it was pretty great. Well attended show? No, maybe. With where, a free show. Where was it? Uh, There's a little little pub called St. Dane's here in uh, Midtown in oh, Houston. Okay. Yeah. So, um, had a, I gotta tell you, I had a great burger that night. Yeah. I splurged, got some, you know, some some burgers and some metal in me. Nice. <laughs> but, you know, what I was really excited about, the guy opening up the show was Robert Lowe. From not the actor, not the guy in those stupid direct TV commercials, but Rob yeah, Lowe. That's the first person I thought of. <laughs> no, Robert Lowe is the singer of Solitude Eternus, and he was also in Candlemas for about three or four hours. Oh, albums. yeah, no, of course. Of course. Yeah. I was expecting to be direct TV heavy metal Rob Lowe. Right. I would love to see that commercial. I, would, I want to see that commercial too. <laughs> but he did a tribute. It was the weird, like, uh, I guess you could say a tribute, a show to about himself. So he played tracks from all the Solitude Eternus albums and he played a couple of Candlemas tracks and then he played uh, Black Sabbath actually and he is one of my favorite vocalists I love his 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 music man cool so it was it was cool and there's only like I gotta tell you man there's only like 25 people in the room that sucks it was a little room dude see that makes me feel like a jerk because I mean what was I doing probably nothing I should have been out there yeah I told you <laughs> you jerk <laughs> Now it was and it was cool. The uh, band between those was uh, a Megadeth tribute band called Gigadeth, and dude, that singer was channeling fucking Dave Mustaine like you could not <laughs> believe. He had, I mean, he had the the tight black pants on, the white shirt, button up shirt. Right, he had the yeah. white armband. He sounded just like Dave Mustaine. Poor guy, but <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> they were good though. They were How do you really, really feel, Kerry? <laughs> No, see, I I like Megadeth. I, I still do, and I've actually had a, um, my my I sort of had like a rekindling for my love of the band recently because I'm reading the Dave Ellison book. Yeah, and you realize Dave, you know, you always hear Dave Mustaine's an asshole or a jerk, blah blah blah. But there's some cool things about him in this book are actually pretty interesting. Yeah, no. I mean it's a good book to read. When you read his, when you read Mustaine's autobiography, yeah. that'll change your opinion of him too. Yeah, not all the way, because he does sort of admit that he is an asshole, but you sort of understand where he's coming and from. I think he's always, it's just the type of guy he's always yeah, been. He's he not like, he got that way after he got famous. He was just always that dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, it was weird because I was reading the, um, in the book, and it's like, just speaking of James Rivera, there's like one little section about James Rivera in the book. He's like, oh, I was in this band called Killing Machine with James Rivera from Hellstar. That was yeah. pretty much it. I'm like, yeah. damn, really? All That's right. it. <laughs> yeah. That was it? But he does, you know, Ellison does talk about, you know, finding God a little bit, but it's not in your face over the top. Right, yeah. Which I thought it was going to be. No, I think he just turned 50 himself, didn't he? Oh, really? Yeah. He's pretty young, Consi- he, considering all those other guys are like in their mid-50s and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah that's true. <clears throat> and it's always weird because like these metal guys that I grew up listening to, you know, Megadeth and Slayer and Metallica and Anthrax and everything, they're always 10 years older than me. So, it makes sense. Yeah. A topic for another day would be the sad re- realization that all those <laughs> bands are going away at some point. And like, wow, oh. what's metal going to look like when there's no more Metallica, Megadeth, Iron Maiden? You, dude, you, you're right. On, I was just thinking about that the other day because like, you think about Iron Maiden, they're 
at least in the late 50s, 60s. Close. Yeah, yeah. Some of them probably in their 60s by now. Yeah, I think Nico McBrain's in his 60s. And it's like, okay, yeah, and you think about a 20-year span of period. It doesn't seem like that long in a band's career, but... It's going to be devastating for Iron Maiden is not going to be going out on stage when they're in their 80s, dude. No, no. That's not going to happen. It's going to be actually devastating for me because I, I remember how... How utterly devastated I was when when Dio passed away. Yeah, and I didn't get over that for like a week or two, and then I still haven't got over that. Yeah, Who there's has? still a part of me that is bothered about that. And well, I mean, what something that did help? We actually did visit his grave in California. We were there last oh, year, really? yeah. which was very cool. Well, the fact that I got to see Heaven and Hell and and yeah. you know before like the couple years before I was at that show. It was that was pretty damn amazing. Yeah, that was great. And like the whole, I don't know, that was a great show. But um, it's gonna bother me. I, I don't know what I'm gonna do when Iron Maiden calls it quits. I might have to go into hiding for a month. <laughs> hibernation. <laughs> yeah, it's, hibernation. It's upsetting to even think about. So let's not think about it then. No, let's not do that. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, you're all getting old. This is no way around it, man. Especially the guys that we grew up listening to. I mean, what are you gonna yeah, do? I know. Like when the Scorpions, when I when I saw the Scorpions the last time, and I was like, "This is the last time I'm gonna see the Scorpions." I was pretty torn up about that too. So, yeah, man. Yeah. So uh, let's move on to another topic. Ghost Brigade has a new album that just came out. Yeah, and it's actually their best album ever to uh, date. I don't know if I agree with you on that one. I just love the heaviness in it, the 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 aggression that they've amped up. The yeah, vocals I, are now elevated true. in the mix, whereas you know, um, what was the name of the last one? Until the until fear no longer defines us was the last album, two thousand eleven. Has it been? Has it been that long? Yeah, two thousand eleven. It has actually been a while. Um, I like that album, but it was very much catatonia um, influenced. Um, melodic rock and they they sort of had toned down a lot of their more death metal elements until and, uh until fear no longer defines us yes yeah. yeah yeah i agree that's what i there were some great tracks on that album that i still listen to like on a weekly basis no yeah i remember claw master was a great mm-hmm. song on that one but i i, I agree with the uh, production was always just like the last insomnium album which is probably one of my favorite albums by them but it's probably my least favorite production. Really, uh, one for sorrow. Yeah. Huh. I never thought about that. I. I. Is it because it's too compressed somehow? There is something. It, it all feels. Yeah. Maybe it's compression of it. Oh. I, see, uh, it's funny because like one for sorrow, I thought was better produced than the one that came out this year, Shadows of a Dying Sun, which I felt was like at times was every like the guitars were either too low in the mix. Mm-hmm. And the vocals were too loud, or alternatively, like on other tracks, like the vocals would be compressed down. And it was never consistent, and that always bothered me with that. Sean's album. available for uh, mixing your albums, by the way. Yeah, well, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, I have an ear for inconsistency, I think, if I can detect it in an album. That's why he's, on, I don't this, that's like why he's that. on this show. Yeah. <laughs> have, you heard, have you heard Insomnium or Ghost Brigade? Oh, I'm a huge fan of Insomnium. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, then you can stay. What did you think of the last album? I really enjoyed it. Yeah. No, yeah. the songs are great. And I think but that, I kind of I kind of see what you're saying about the, the, mix. the mix. Yeah, you know, I did a, I did an interview with them right before the album came out, which I never really used for the for the podcast here because it was before I heard the album, before I even heard a track off of it. Yeah, so it was a little awkward and a little strange. Yeah, but I don't know. It's not a bad interview. I mean, maybe one day we can release it, but just under the pretenses of like, look, this is what it was. You know. Yeah, I think if if you like Insomnium, 
and you're a fan of like you know modern day amorphous and some mid period catatonia ghost brigade especially with their new album yeah. falls right into that because they're they bringing back the melodic death elements in their music mm-hmm. they the song we're gonna play called departures is yeah. one of the catchiest songs you'll hear all year and they just have it is the, not a departure from what they're doing they have that perfect mix of like that depressive finnish melodic rock yeah with melodic death metal that's not gothenburg melodic death metal it's it's very much a finland thing mm. and yeah i know they're just a great band that's not getting enough attention like that album and you know uh, the, the last album they released and no one noticed it <laughs> it just sailed under the radar the the band itself is not very yeah, they don't do especially much. here in america it's not there's no one really well known. there's no one really um in that band with any type of pedigree they're just kind of organic they're just yeah it's not like they have members in Amorphous and there's their side right. project or something. Like that. They're just there's a band that just came up and. But every band you've just mentioned, if you like Amorphous, if you like Insomnium, if yeah. you like Sentence, if you like any if of you these like Catatonia, Catatonia, yeah. I mean, you're gonna dig the hell out of these guys. They're, yeah, I mean, like I'd never heard them before today. You're, you, and what you're saying is exactly right. Yeah. Uh, your your description of of the sound is actually perfect. Yeah, it's spot on. Uh, I love these guys. Like I, I was a huge Sentence fan yeah. growing up, and I'm a huge fan of uh, insomnium like we just said love these guys like you're saying if you love these bands you know like these guys too yeah i miss sentenced yeah, I, 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 I miss them so much that any type of band like like ghost brigade comes along and i i get it like a merest hint of that kind of cold <laughs> white light sound yeah like i attach myself to them like, i i was fan. lucky <laughs> enough to actually see sentence play for I about 20 minutes yeah i was at a uh, new jersey metal fest it was like i can't remember what year it was but there was some stupid fucking time. They, they, it was everybody was running late, and they're one of the headliner bands. Yeah. And they got on stage. They played about twenty minutes, and they fucking turned the power off in the building. Uh. I'm fucking serious. It was like they were nobody was happy. How yeah. do you feel about Funeral Album, their last one? I I think it's great. I think that sometimes the lyrics are a little bit, um, I guess I would say disruptive. Yeah. <laughs> but. A little too on the nose. A little too on the nose, but I, but dark humor is always a part of their whole oh, yeah. thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I, Cold Light Light is still, to me, the most like epic of their albums, but their funeral album is a g- good swan song. Yeah. I think that yeah, the Cold White Lie is probably one of the best albums to come out in that whole decade. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, top five for me. We should do that. We should do episodes of um, best albums of decades, our years. We'll, we'll do it. We'll work yeah. on it. Yeah. So let's get into the uh, track from Ghost Brigade. Yes, let's let's tell us a little bit about it. Tell us about this gem. Um, it's just like it's it's the catchiest song in the album. It has this chorus that uh, I remember the first when I was I was driving to work when I was listening to this and I and I had to hit that track on repeat just before I went into work, just because it was like man that that hook is so freaking big and so hooky. They're just good. They're good. They're great songwriters. In the album, okay, let's talk about the album real quick. The album starts off on a fucking bang. It starts off heavy. It starts off in your face. Like yeah. unlike the last album, which was very, it, it was very it. easy, very low tempo, with very you know all clean yep. singing on the first track. This one is just like fucking balls to the wall. Yeah, the death metal track. Yeah, to start it's cool. off. Yeah, it's good. Very very good. So Ghost Brigade. Yes. Ghost Brigade. Ghost Thumb, Brigade. Thumbs up for me. How many thumbs ups we're gonna give it? Three, six, only three. Well, wait, wait, there's there's three guys here. <laughs> you missing a sum tonight? Six. All right.
Hey, we are back to MSRCast, episode number 160. Let's see, we just heard something from the Ghost Brigade. Is it the Ghost Brigade or just Ghost Brigade? Just Ghost Brigade. The track was called Departures. <laughs> Why not the Ghost Brigade? Um, that makes that gives it a whole different feel like to it. I know it does. Yeah. Bodies, yeah. It sounds like the Mystery Machine. Like yeah, he's driving yeah. around the country playing <laughs> yeah. metal and hunting ghosts or something. I would fucking watch that show. <laughs> I would too. <laughs> <laughs> the Metal Mystery Band. Come on. That'd be awesome. Let's do it. Um, so, yeah, like everything we just said before about the band, we can't say enough high high enough regards about Ghost Brigade, man. Yeah, I know it's... Um, I, I get the feeling that they're going to end up somewhere on my best of 2014. I feature. already know they will. Either song or album. We'll see. That's it's, something we it, need to start talking, to, thinking about. You have about. to kind of rein yourself in. Like these albums you listen to close to the end of the year and you're trying yeah. to come up with your lists... You're always more likely to lean towards what you just heard as opposed to stuff that came out in March. Right. But, you know, you sort it out. Do you have ideas of what's going to be on your list already? Yeah. I have, I'm have. i already working on it, actually. We uh, Yeah. Those, those articles take too long to write. Just like in a day, I have to work on them for weeks and weeks. How so. is our new concept of the show going to work with all the bands we want to play for the top? For our, We don't do top ten. We do our rewind episode, so we don't really put a number to everything. Yeah, we're probably gonna have to just. It's gonna be a beautiful eight-part episode. Yeah, we're gonna, <laughs> yeah, it'll be a long episode. <laughs> be prepared for that one. It's coming up pretty soon, man. Yeah, the, end of the year is almost here. Yeah, I know. God, and for Metal Geeks, we got to think about like our movies and video games and comics and all these. I feel a little overwhelmed yeah. now. <laughs> all the games you haven't played. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get all the work. games I have not played. <laughs> yeah. Like the new Assassin's Creed is supposed to be pretty bad. Yeah. Oh yeah, I heard about that. It sucks. It's anyway. They're supposed to fix it. They're yeah, supposed to fix this it. This isn't but, Metal Geeks, and what are we doing? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so there's another website that is sister websites to Metal Injection, sort of sister websites, MetalSucks.net. They've been around for a while. They're very tongue in cheek most of the time, and they try to. Some be people, funny. some people like them. Some people don't like them, but they're entertaining. I'll we, give them that. They're entertaining and they're successful. So. It's hard to be a metal website and be successful. <laughs> so it's they hard to just, be any website and be successful. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So they just put out their list of top twenty-five metal band. Yeah. Have you looked at this list at all? Yeah, yeah. I t- we we took a gander at it. <laughs> so let's talk about it. Well, mm-hmm. I I I don't. Their criteria was, or their um, their sources were just metal musicians and me- and people in the industry. Supposedly, yeah. So that doesn't really mean much unless you know who the names are. Apparently, then, they interviewed they the question south of the people. It's just like you know, what is it, the Wheel of Fortune or whatever? No, no, Price. What's the name of that game show? Price is Right. Where we interviewed one hundred people, top ten answers are on the board. Oh yeah, no. It's yeah, the top hundred people that are were hand selected. You know what I mean? Yeah. To to get your certain, but whatever. We're not we're not going there. Yeah, I I think the list is predictable and kind of indicative of just kind of a popularity contest. Do you want to start from the bottom and go up to the top? Yeah, let's sure. start at the let's, bottom. Yeah, start at the bottom. Let's see. Oh, here's actually a list of the vote, voters. The illustrious pa- panel of voters. Let's see. You um, read all of them? There's a lot. No, I'm not going to read all of them. Let's just, I'm just going to name a people that I recognize. Let's see. Uh, Paul Allender was on one of them. Chuck Billy was there, Matt Bunchard from Shadows Fall, Randy Blythe, Paul Booz, uh, Terry Butler from Obituary, Liz 
from EarthSplit PR, my old friend, um, Richard Christie, Monty Connor, president of Nuclear Blast, Bruce Corbett, hey, rigor mortis, war beast. Um, let's see. How come I'm not on this list? What the hell, man? <laughs> A couple, you know, metal injection people are on here. Why not me? What? Yeah. I'm not going there. Um, yeah, so there are some good people. I, I do trust their opinions here. Some of them. So let's let's start with uh, number twenty five, Lamb of God. We said Randy Blythe's no. on the list, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Lamb of God, no. There are they the top twenty five metal band no. of all time? No. no. Let's see, <laughs> Napalm Death twenty four. I, I, I read something earlier that said that it was primarily like old school classic metal guys on this list. And then, like, they just kind of threw Lamb of God as an afterthought to have something more modern right. on the list. Maybe. You might be on something there. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I, greatest, like, what, what, is, what does that mean? Like, you know, like, greatest metal bands, like, what is, are you talking about, like, quality? Yeah, quality it has to be, of, like, quality of songs written. Quality right? of songs written or quality of albums or Overall? quantity about of classic Quality albums? or qual- and quantity. I don't know. It can't know. just be quantity. There, you can't have both. Some hmm. terrible bands have put out a lot of albums. <laughs> Or some good bands that put out terrible albums. For example, yeah. like if you were doing like a top twenty-five of say hard rock, yeah, would you put Guns and Roses on there because Appetite for Destruction? Because that's a flawless album, I but would. it's just one album. Yeah, yeah. But you still put them on there, so I don't know. If quantity really matters, I guess. Start tra- stop trying to quantify it. Yeah, it's just it's just it is its overall package. It's it's the band. It's the it's it's the yeah. w- the work they created and the maybe the their live legacy. Show, maybe their let's legacy, go, yeah. let's go by the legacy. Okay, everything's yeah. subjective, so, anyways. W- yeah, Lamb of God, no. Uh, <laughs> number twenty four, Napalm Death. Yeah, I'll, I'll, greatest of all time. They uh, they're great for what they are. They're the best grindcore band that ever lived. I, well, it's better, but if you could say like they're, they're the one most of the important. Yeah, if they're the most they're important grindcore band, it kind of makes sense because that is a yeah. genre that has to be represented I'll, on this yeah. list, right? Okay, that's yeah, all of them. Okay, so Ozzy Osbourne. Yes. As a solo, it's solo. See, like Sabbath being on the list makes perfect sense to me. Ozzy solo, none of that was really spectacular to me. Uh, there was good stuff, but there was good stuff, but it wasn't spectacular. It didn't I'm, blow me away. I am, I am so over what Ozzy is just because of that stupid TV show that was out years ago. It was just like, it just ruined my opinion well, but, of him. But considering the actual music, I mean, it, those albums were good. They weren't all that influential. Yeah. They were just really, they actually, at that time, they were super commercialized and when, okay. when, when Metallica went open for them in 86, the the big talk on that tour from fans who went to go see those shows was how Metallica made him look ridiculous. <laughs> right. You know. So <laughs> I've seen Ozzy no, live a few Ozzy times. Ozzy Osbourne solo, no. Um, I say no as well. Moving on, number twenty two, Celtic Frost. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Um, absolutely yes. Into the Pandemonium. Yes. Yes. Mexican Radio. Not so much. No, I I think that everything they did in that period was important because it was. They really, at that time, daringly pushed the boundaries of what metal could be. They were so I'll give you that. ahead of their time. Um, yeah, no, they, they absolutely are on that list. Number 21, ACDC. Hard rock. Yeah, it's not really Hard metal. Rock. Yeah. They're, no. they're, they're a great band, sure, but... There's nothing about them that's metal. No. <laughs> they, wouldn't, they wouldn't even call themselves metal. And it does say the 25 metal band of all time. And you know my reason for not liking ACDC. No. <laughs> Working on the game, the game, the the ACDC video game, the Rock Band game, for about eight months. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. So I heard nothing but ACDC for about eight to ten hours a day for like five to six days a week. Ugh. 
Yeah, there's only so much of that one band you can take. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so moving on to number 20, a band we, we talked about earlier, At the Gate. Yes. Top I'm not, 25, though? I'm not qualified to make a statement here. <laughs> yes, because what they, well... We did talk about they were very... They did start that entire okay, sound. Gothenburg was a was is underrated in its importance in the in terms of metal overall. Mm-hmm. If you had to pick one Gothenburg band, you couldn't pick In Flames without getting lynched. Even <laughs> though I do feel their first five albums belong in that that kind yeah. of spectrum, so it would have to be at the gates. Yeah, I would okay. pick them. Um, before or I take the lunching. Yeah. <laughs> Number 19, this is a band I definitely agree on. They might even put them higher on the list. It's Testament. I definitely put them higher on the list. I am a huge yeah, Testament no, fan. That definitely, yeah. They should be, in, in importance of like what Thrash Metal has done, they should definitely be in the top 15. Yeah. First Strike is still deadly. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure about top it 15 is <laughs> in terms of top, in terms of numbering. But well, do you think 19 is a per- good place for them? Yeah, I think so. So moving on uh, before, it's number 18. Opeth. Yeah, that's fine. Opeth are very important for what they've done. Yeah. And the, they, yeah, Michael Ackerfeld is, or I'm sorry, Mikhail. Yeah. Is, he's a very important metal figure, always will be, always has been. And no matter what they're doing today, you can't take away what they've created. They were, they were, they were the band that made progressive metal yeah. open up to extreme metal. Yeah. As opposed to it just being relegated to dream theater type. I was stuff. about to say yeah. everybody yeah. thought prog metal is always dream yeah. theater. It's no, it it can be heavy. It could be extreme. Yeah. And so yeah, they I definitely think they should be there. So number seventeen, Meshuga. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not a fan. But I'm not yes, a fan either. But I know. I know they're important. Yeah. yeah. Um, Morbid Angel number sixteen. Yep. Yep. Maybe a little higher. Higher. Yeah. Um, okay, so number 15, Merciful Fate. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> what else needs to be said? <laughs> um, number number 14. This is somebody I think should be a lot higher in the list. Dio. I agree. I agree. Yeah, Dio not being in the top 10 is stupid. It's mm-hmm. just dumb. Um, number 13, Sepultura. Yeah, that's fine. Good, I agree. Good spot. Um, some of the first, you know, the first five Sepultura albums are, are pretty flawless. Yeah. And uh, and looking Arise back, Arise and, and then. Uh, oh yeah, oh, and Chaos AD. Chaos AD. It was that, a good album. Chaos AD, and you know, I know people will always prefer Chaos AD over Roots, but mm. Roots was super important. Well, Roots was so important. You wouldn't have a band like Orphanland if it wasn't for Roots, right? And you wouldn't have New Metal either. You could go that route well, too. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't pin that out on them. You can't pin it on them, exactly. No. <laughs> Faith No More deserves some of the blame there. Yeah, that's true. And, Faith, and you know, that's true. Yeah. Um, let's move it on to number 12. This is a band that I, I feel should be higher in the list. This is Anthrax. I think 12 is a good spot for them. I don't want to say it, because but yeah, I, I, I do too. Like, <laughs> do you I really? Like, I, think, I think right below top 10 is where Anthrax should be. Yeah. Well, compared to some of the other bands they have, I think it's, eh, way, it's hard. Weighing their influence, I don't think they. I don't think you could place them ahead of Megadeth, for example. You know what I mean? In terms of influence, like I don't think they, I don't think Anthrax translated as well to Europe as like a band like Megadeth or Metallica mm-hmm. and you know all these guys did. So yeah, I mean I think it's okay. Twelve is okay. We'll just I'm just gonna step away from this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too close to this. Yeah. Um, number 11, Cannibal Corpse. 
they shouldn't be higher than Morbid Angel. No. That well, bothers yeah. me. Cannibal Corpse, you know, they are... I agree with you. For, you know, what they've created, and they've, they've niched out their own style, too. And a bunch of bands have followed suit, but... Yeah. There's nobody really doing they that when they, they first came out. Yeah, well, no, there were bands that were kind of leaning towards that kind yeah. of... In terms of, like, lyrical subject matter. Right. They took it further but there were bands that were already starting to do that before them so um so let's talk about uh and musically number, number 10 go ahead i'm sorry yeah i don't musically wanna... i was saying cannibal corpse has nothing to offer musically i'm sorry they don't they they do have good do, good tracks they had a but... couple good a- initial albums and then they repeat themselves why is dying fetus not on this list because <laughs> <laughs> see number 11 cannibal corpse i know <laughs> um number 10 carcass Another band we just discussed. Yeah, gets I, maybe good, top ten. Good spot. Yeah, I, I sort of actually agree with her at there. Yeah, number nine, Motorhead. Um, don't deny the catchiness of a Motorhead track. How many bands have covered Motorhead? How many bands have they influenced? Uh, no, yeah, that's good. They're they're number definitely influential. Spot, yeah. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of Lemmy. You don't have to be a huge fan. But I understand yeah. why they're there. But well, you can see they're important. Put it though, this right? way. Put it this way. Motor, Motorhead's fine where they are, and they're more appropriate than ACDC. On yeah, the list. agreed. Yes. Far agreed. more appropriate yeah. than ACDC. Let's see. Um, Death number yes. number eight. I yeah yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe a little low for where they should be. They should be yeah. top five. I think. I think so, man. But that that you know what. They're not exactly influential, but but they're important. Here's, you know, it makes me wonder if and, you know, if Chuck hadn't passed away, would they be as influential now? Is if he was still making music? You're saying they they probably would be more. I don't know. Would they be as influential now? Because you know, it's the sad thing when a lot of people yeah. die, they become their influence of the oh they were such a big influence on me. Yeah, but I mean, it was also the potential that. You know, they could have made a much worse album if they had kept it's going. It's true. We don't know what potential he could have had. Well, him, I know? think I think that the writing was on the wall with Control Denied. I think Death was pretty much over at that point, anyway. So no, 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 no. I don't I think mean, so. Sound of Perseverance was a great fucking album. Yeah, and that was just like a two years removed. But yeah, it seemed to me that he was less and less interested in. At that time, he was more interested in doing the Control Denied stuff and. You know anything Queen vocal oriented rather than like, he was. He, I don't know. That's the feeling I got. I Have you ever heard him do Painkiller from Judas Priest? No. Oh, from it's on it's on that album, like a one of the like the last tracks. Huh. Yeah. On the Talk, Control Denied album. No, no, no. On Sound of Perseverance. Oh, I probably have. I have the. I have the. Yeah. Reissue. Yeah. Huh. Talk about getting high. His vocals, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you know, Control Denied wasn't well. The album that came out wasn't his vocals. There was a demos of him. Yeah, that's right. You know, it was uh, Tim Amar. Yeah, from um, uh, Pharaoh. Pharaoh, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, okay, let's move on. Number seven, Megadeth. Yeah, good placement. Yeah, they're right, definitely right, an right influential. Death. death of the Megadeth. Yeah, Death and Megadeth. <laughs> Megadeth has to be above Death, right? Because it's Mega. I mean, every Megadeth is a band that everybody knows who they are. Yeah. I mean, even if you don't like the tracks that got them super popular. You still have to respect who they are as a metal band. Yeah, except I don't their think, last album. I don't think you're only as good as your last album, right? Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't think that um, bands like Children of Bodom, for example, would exist without Megadeth. And uh, 
Oh, just, I should, just I should blame one. them right there then, right? <laughs> <laughs> just to name one. All right, so uh, number six, Judas Priest. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Where they are. You're not, you're not a priest fan? No, no, I'm just saying, like, that's fine where they are on the... I'll just, but, well, it's fine for now. You don't know who is above them, though. Yeah. Okay, so moving on, number five is Pantera. See, I'd put Priest above Pantera. I would, too. I would, Pan- I would I would kick Pantera out of the top ten entirely, actually. I, I would, it should be low in the top ten. Probably yeah, like nine, ten. I mean, they do have their importance. They do, I mean... The problem is the only bands that Pantera influenced are Texas metal bands. <laughs> and no one gives a fuck about Texas metal bands. I'm sorry. Some people do. Well... People in Texas metal bands do. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on, let's go uh, number four, Metallica. There's no denying that Metallica is the... Yeah, what are you going to do, argue against it? Yeah. I'm not, no, there's no way you can argue against the early Metallica album, but like I like I just said, you're only as good as your last album. Well, Lulu. I mean, we're, but we're taking into account legacy, and I mean, you yeah. can't say anything about No, their legacy is, is never going to be tarnished, really. Yeah. Even if you don't like them anymore, you still have to respect what they what they begat. By the way, interesting tidbit on Metallica I just learned today. You know how many copies their collaboration with uh, Lou sold? That Lulu album? It came out in 2011? Yeah, it was like 35,000 copies. 35,000 copies for that band. That's why that's I, I'm not saying any... Total. I almost said that's that's why Lou Reed died, but... Ugh, <laughs> 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 horrible. He's like, did I really put this out with... Oh, my God. Yeah. I can't even sell stuff with Metallica. Come on. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so number three, Slayer. Absolutely. Above Metallica I, I think for his influence? Put Sawyer all the way down to like number 17 or something. No, oh, no. No way. I, no. I, I, first of all, prejudice aside, I don't like Sawyer. I can tell. But they released two good albums. Everything they've done ever since then has been a retread. What, what are the two good albums? What are you going to say? Uh, Rain and Blood. Okay. Everybody says that. And uh, Seasoning the Obese? I would say Seasoning the Obese, yeah. You say Obese? Seasoning the obese. <laughs> it was an SOD, SOD put a, a because like that a, was that was a good album. They put a, a, a an album out. Well, it was like an EP was like that song Seasoning the the obese, and it was a definite Slayer tribute track. I have right. to show you the seven inch I have upstairs. It's pretty funny. Cool. All right. Yeah, kick him out of the top ten. There was, um, just kick him out of the top ten no, because no. they haven't released a good album since then, and. But you're talking They're, about legacy and you're talking about influence. So many kids, I mean, people weren't carving Metallica into their arms. Well, I, but here's the thing. Because <laughs> the logo it, was too hard to do. <laughs> here's, the, here's the knock on Slayer is all this talk about how, like, when Carrie King retires and Tom Array retires, that they'll just grab new musicians. To I don't know if that's real. Spots. I don't think that's real. Uh, no, but it's such, an, it's such a viable concept. And that to me says a lot about what they are as a band now, which is just, like, guys doing it for the money. So, and, not to waste too much time on it, I think we're just going to agree to disagree here. No, let's fair. Play, let's play they, they should be in the top 25, though. You'll agree to that. Yes, I'll agree to that, but not in the top 10. Okay. So, number two, who do you think number two should be? Um, Iron Maiden. There you go. That's yeah. right. That is correct. Because I'm not going to be sacrilegious and say they should be number one, even though, to me, they are number one. Yeah. I agree. But, you know, obviously Black Sabbath is number one. No, actually, Manowar. Manowar. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> they, this is something that I like about MetalSucks.net is they actually put out a fake number one at, at first, and they said Manowar. And there was people on my timeline on Facebook that agreed with that. 
not to call anybody out, but one of my old co-hosts who's a huge Manowar nerd. You know, I will argue that Manowar should be in the top 25. That the fact that they're not on there sort of disingenuous. Here's something weird for me. I am not... Okay, you know, we are our power metal nerds, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't like Manowar. I, I've said it before, and I'm, gonna, I'm sticking that's, to it. I've tried, I've tried listening to them. I just... Don't get it. That's fair, but the legacy. There's a band that sold over 10 million records worldwide. They're they're the they can put on festivals. They're so huge. Yeah, they can charge like 80 bucks a ticket to see them, and people will pay it. And and you the did. thing is, like they there's they have released really good heavy metal albums. Yeah, I'm sorry, Triumph of Steel is one of the greatest metal albums of all time. I'll fight anyone who wants to argue with me on that. <laughs> like aggressively this is coming from Man the guy coming this, <laughs> Man this of War is infusing me with violence <laughs> this is coming from the guy who wants to move Slayer off number three so take that as you will well listen look, look <laughs> Man of War influenced a great deal of European power metal bands yeah Hammerfall wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Man of War for example and I feel like whether this to me is like that slight against power metal because where's the power metal representation is it Iron Maiden it's not entirely no that's the other other thing we were talking about before is like you know we said Napalm Death was in there is like the grind right so where's the power metal where's doom metal where's all all these all those bands should like all those genres should be represented so let's play this game why isn't Candlemass on the list I was about to say let's play this game if we okay let's go through some of the genres that we they were not covered here yeah so let's do doom metal okay what one doom metal incorporates all the entirety of the whole genre. Yeah, Candlemass needs to yeah. be on that list. Candlemass, exactly. Yeah. Okay, power metal. What one power metal band would you? Blind Guardian. Yes. I would. I would probably yeah. say Halloween. No, that, that, that's that's good, and I would agree with you on Halloween being in there. I would say that Blind Guardian, their legacy of work is better than Halloween's because Halloween, people look at their legacy as being. Michael okay, yeah, stay. Halloween did put out some crappers. And then the Andy Darris era, which I which I enjoy as I a, as a power metal fan, yeah. but people, when they regard Halloween, they're looking at that Michael Kiske mm-hmm. era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there have been so many other power metal bands that have better defined that that sound, I think. Because they did, they did put out a couple of really bad albums. Yeah. Like Chameleon and yeah. that era. Okay, so let's, let's move on. Pink Bubbles Go Ape. Yeah. I forgot about that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's, uh, let's, let's say black metal. Emperor, why isn't Emperor on that list? Emperor, you know why isn't um, Emperor's? I don't know. It's in their title. I, I, mean, I think on. I think synonymous with black metal now. It has to be immortal, right? I would. That's a good. That's yeah. a good candidate. I would say Emperor gets the nod because of the critical, critical acclaim yeah. they brought to the genre. Whereas Immortal, by a lot of outsiders, still get viewed upon as a joke because of their. Appearance, even though Immortal has released masterpieces. But, yes. Um, yeah, no. No Emperor on that list. It's kind of annoying. Uh, yeah, a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Like ACDC and then No Emperor? Yeah. Yeah. What else? Let's. What other genres are there? Um, um, Thrash is pretty well represented. I think so, yeah. Um, I would throw a couple more on there as far as influence for uh, Thrash. I'd say Overkill and definitely Exodus. Well, I think that I see. That's the funny thing. Maybe, maybe kicking out, maybe removing Testament because Thrash is so mm. well covered. You know, what I mean, if you had to pick between Anthrax, Megadeth, Metallica, and Testament, who's going to get the, the the axe? You know, would it be Anthrax? No, this is like picking your favorite kid. 
<laughs> it's picking your favorite I, thrash metal band. I Come think, on, I think, I, think, I think you'd have to say that influence-wise, Testament would have to go. Probably. Because more bands are influenced by Metallica than they were by Testament. No. Testament's just kind of like a legacy pick. I think more yeah. bands were influenced by Metallica than any other band. Well, well, I mean... <laughs> in the genre. You, you would like with, by thrash bands at the time, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So... Testament would go. Emperor would be in. ACDC would go. Blind Guardian would be in. Blind Guardian slash Halloween. Halloween, yeah. It depends on what you want. <laughs> it's a tie there. Yeah. Or em- Emperor slash Immortal. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So let's get into some more music. We've been talking for a while. What do you want to play next? Um, let's play something that's totally different than what we've been talking about and okay. playing. You had something you wanted to w- w- uh, play, right? Let's play something from uh, Threshold. Okay. This is uh, the the album's called For the Journey. Uh, it came out maybe early, sometime around October. Yeah. It's so hard to know when albums actually yeah, come out anymore. Blurred, you know? yeah. But um, I'm a huge fan of this band. And I'm, I don't know how much you know about them. A little bit. I'm trying to be a fan of the band, but they're um, they they've yet to. I mean, maybe this will be the album that does it, but they've yet to release something that has really captured my attention that way. So they've been around since uh, the late '80s from England, of course. Yeah. Um, definitely classified as prog metal, but they they have their own sound to them it's the guitar player is does all the production and stuff and he has like this certain style and sound on every album that it just you it's it's unmistakable really yeah um so the first let's go to their discography real quick um one two three four five six seven eight it's like their 11th album (laughs) really yeah not bad right damn the um the last album came out uh March of Progress came out in 2012, and before that was Dead Reckoning, which was 2007. And uh, unfortunately, after that album, um, the vocalist I had was a guy named Mac McDermott. Yeah. He passed away. And they brought back the original vocalist that they had um, back into the band, who was actually, he was also on some Arion albums and things like that. So um, Damien Wilson is his name. He was on the first couple albums. And man, there's just something. No matter which vocalist they have singing for them, they have such um, an emotion. They, it, it's weird when you talk about those bands that elicit some kind of like emotional response. This is one of those bands to me. Yeah. So I listen to the music and it's like it like it's like gets me every time. It's like wow. I, some of the some of the the lyrical content. It is. I don't know. There's something about it. Is it's like wow. This is that band that I really that just fucking gets me, man. Yeah. I feel a little verklempt. That's the best. The best. The best kind of music. Absolutely. So let's let's get into a song off the uh, brand new album that came out called "For the Journey." This is the song titled. <laughs> it's not a laughing matter. Why are you fucking laughing? I just keep thinking about me getting mad about Manowar. <laughs> <laughs> that was unreasonable. <laughs> wow. Right, am I? Do you forgive me? Yeah. Am I Unforgiven? Yes. All right, great. That's because the name of the track we're about to play is Unforgiven. Oh, excellent. And it's not the Unforgiven from Metallica. Yeah. This is Unforgiven from Threshold. Good. Enjoy. Man of War? Really? Yeah. <laughs>
Welcome back. You're listening to Threshold Unforgiven. Am I... Am question I, mark? Yeah, Unforgiven question Correct. mark. Yeah, okay, good. Good Good track? I'm asking you. And you're asking everything with a question mark. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, what? I don't know. Is it? I know. I, you know, it sounded good to me. I honestly. thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I think Threshold is a band that you would really, if you really dive into them, it's something yeah. that you would really enjoy. I know... It's right up your 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 wheelhouse, as yeah, they say. Yeah, I think the tempo 
they, this is a band that tends to operate in the mid-tempo territory yep. like all the time. Well, that's the, been the stumbling block for me. I don't know why that has been the case. Listen, yeah, they do. They do definitely I get do a this lot of Evergrey vibe from them. Sometimes yeah. that kind of throws me off, and I, I'll give it a chance. I'll give it another shot, especially with the new album. So they do have a greatest hits album um, that you could find. Listen to that. That would probably you can find all this all this stuff on Spotify. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, there's a track that was even that from Dead Reckoning that has Dan Swano doing some like growly stuff on it, which uh, is pretty cool. Yeah, anything with Dan Swano is cool. Speaking of, I heard the new Nightingale album. Oh it's yeah, very different. There is some soulful quality to his voice on some of those tracks. Yeah, we'll have to. I, mean, I want to listen to a little bit more, and we'll have to talk play that on a yeah. upcoming episode and talk about it a little bit. I more. haven't listened to any of that, so it's good. Dan Swano is the man, and I know he's doing some more Witherscape stuff too. So. Oh, like a new good. EP or yeah. like an EP coming out or something. Yeah. I, I'm excited for that. That last Witherscape album was good. Uh, do you know who we're talking about, Dan Swano? No, I don't actually. Check you'd out like Witherscape. Him. Yeah, you'd like him. It's All a right. really good album. It's like one of my top ten last year, completely. Okay, I will do that. Yeah, I'm always down for some new groups. What else is new? The um, the Russell Allen new project. Have yes. you heard about this? I have not heard the album yet, but it, uh, I've heard samples. Oh, this is the new one you're talking about. The yeah, new, I mean, new one. Okay, yeah. It's not Adrenaline Mob, which right. we've talked about that. It's like why this is the album he's doing was Matt Sinner. Matt Sinner, yeah. From of course uh, Sinner and Primal, Primal Fear. Fear yeah. Um, it's called Chapter One is the name of the album. The the band name, which I'm not a feeling too much, is called Level Ten. Yeah, it's kind of a silly <laughs> name. So of course Russell Allen, uh, Symphony X, Allen Land, uh, Roland Grappau on this one, right? Roland Grappau is in this album. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I saw that he has like uh, Amanda Somerville on board as a guest vocalist. She, I always like anything she's involved with. Yep, um, Randy Black on drums, who's no longer in Primal Fear. Oh, really? Yeah, he's he's not in the band anymore. Actually, that's the guy. I never used that interview because after I did the interview, he left the band last that's year. Weird. Like, okay, yeah. I'm not going to put out an episode with a guy no longer in the band. Well, it's, it's weird that he left the band and he's still working with Matt Sinner. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um. So it's also going to have contributions from Magnus Carlson, uh, like you said, Amanda Somerville, some other people I've never heard of. Sounds interesting. It, it listen to go go look for it on like Google or you know I think it was, the article was on Blabbermouth, so you can find it there. Yeah, I was reading. I, I was looking at that. Uh, the, they have a clip from the new Boy and Guardian album. I didn't listen to it. I'm not going to no? listen to it. I'm going to wait. Why not? I don't like to listen to little clips like that. I just want to. I want to hear the entire album at one time and. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like that. If, all, it was a, if it was a whole song, I would listen to it. But are all metalheads that way? Nah, they're starting to do more of those. Here's a preview clip of our yeah, album. I don't they, like they go clips. into. Yeah. I've, I've never been the guy that's like, oh, I like this single. I'm going to listen to this one song. I'm always the guy that's like, I love this album. I'm going to listen to the whole album. Well, if I really hate a song, I might skip it. But I'm not the kind of guy who just listens to like random songs. If they put out a, if they put out a song, I'd listen to it. But I, I don't like clips. Don't give me a clip. Give me something. I'll I'll pay for the song. Release the single, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Do it now. <laughs> so let's talk about this interesting piece of news that uh, came out today. Arch Enemy has a new guitar player. <laughs> yeah. And we were just talking about him in the last episode, too. That's where we were. Um, yeah. Jeff Loomis has joined Arch Enemy. And it sort of makes perfect sense. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It it only makes sense if they use them to to help them songwrite and get better as a band. You know, like Arch Enemy hasn't been relevant to me musically, personally, 
They're still putting out good, 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 catchy. Catchy. It's good and catchy, yeah. but that's it. You know, catchy only takes you so far. <laughs> right. So you have a guy with Jeff Loomis. You seriously think about using him, like using his talent. The guy can write circles around a lot of people, guitar part-wise. So, mm-hmm. I mean, him and, and um, is it Chris Hammett still in the mm-hmm. band? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Together, writing together. I'm interested in the New Arch Enemy album and the, the, the next one. Because, uh, I mean, they have a new vocalist now. Yeah, what do you think about Angela White Cruz? Is that her name? Yeah. Um, She's okay. I mean, it's weird that um, Angela Gossow is now, like, their manager, their manager or something. She So she's not singing, but she's just managing the band. Oh, it's, well, it's not weird. It's transparent. It's the fact that they they could have picked any vocalist to replace her. Yeah. And they picked a girl. The one girl that could look nice in pictures and also do growling vocals. You can find a male vocalist to do the same thing. Yeah. But wouldn't it be, have the same band dynamic, though? Yeah. Because well, you, you don't want to see a... a a guy dressed up in the same way. Well, Arch Enemy had kind of become <laughs> like the female front fronted band that did that. Nobody, nobody else really has the same sound as them. Yeah, right. But, yeah, you know they, they're known. They for released it. good stuff with Johan Olivia mm-hmm. long before she was yeah. a part of that band, and it's like. So basically, what you're trying to say now is that you owe your fan base to the fact that you had a, a girl singer, which is not actually true. They had a fan base before she joined the band. Not as not as big though. Not as big, and and, and what they're trying to what they're trying to avoid is that drop off in fans. Right. Like, oh no, no female singer. I'm not interested anymore. I I think they should have been more daring. Went with a better singer because I mean, she's okay, but she's not that great. Mm-hmm. What band was she in before the the Agonist? The or Agonist, yeah. and they're not. They were not impressive at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. It's it, nobody's it, gonna live up to Angela Gosshouse voice though. I mean. For, she a was fe- good. for a female singer, she was, she good, was incredible. Yeah. She was she was like the first major, major, majorly popular guest vocalist that was female. Yeah, I mean, of course, there's others out there. We're not knocking anybody else, but she was like the first one out in the forefront. People were like, oh, there's a yeah front woman, front woman that fucking growling her ass off. You know, that's oh, cool. Let's let's check them out. Yeah, it was just. But I mean, you got to always admit, Arch Enemy does know how to write some catchy ass tunes. Yeah, I just think that they need they can they can get better with this. They can they can become a better, a more interesting musical act. So I, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he's he's a great songwriter, and I think it's going to make their songs all even better. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm actually satisfied with her as the singer. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I Did you hear the last album, um, War Eternal? Was it good? I, I really liked it. Uh, I mean, it, it is catchy. It's the same kind of stuff they were doing before. It's nothing yeah. groundbreaking or anything. Right. But I think she was a fair replacement for Angela Gasso. It happened quickly when they did it. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a new vocalist. Oh, look, next week is our new album. I know. It was, it was very like, what quick. What the fuck? Yeah, very fast. Quick transition. Smart move by them. Yeah, I think so. It didn't give anybody yeah. time to like, what? No. <laughs> yeah. They're like, well, here you go. Here it is. It's done. Really? All right. But, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see Jeff Loomis and Amot just get out there and just noodle up together and I want them to be the focus of the band going yeah. forward I want their it's, collaboration it's not though it's not going to happen I know it's, that's the sad part well no I, here's the it's thing it's going to happen more I feel but... like Loomis is the kind of guy who has that kind of inborn integrity of like if I'm going to do this we're going to we're going to do some complex stuff I'm not I just don't want to do this for a paycheck I don't think he's doing it for a paycheck if no. he is that's unfortunate because he put that album out um it was the past year with Alex Webster from Cannibal Corpse. Yeah. 
and it, you never it never got a physical release, but you can find it digitally. Yeah, which it's, if you haven't listened to it, it's a lot. It's really really good. Yeah, really cool. Wow. So Jeff Loomis is now an arch enemy. Weird. Okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what else is he going to do? Nevermore is not getting back together. Well, they, they, oh, they, wait, they already have. They're called Sanctuary. Sanctuary, now. yeah. Uh, Jeff Loomis could have had his pick of any band he wanted to join. Like anyone who needs a guitarist would be like, yeah, yeah, we'll you take know, you. You know, how, you know how I found out this news today? My wife actually texts me. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. She's like, That's did you hear? <laughs> I was like, hear what? She's like, go to Facebook now. I was like, all right. <laughs> I was like, uh, I stopped what I was doing. I looked, and I'm like, oh, there's what she's talking about. Okay. Jeff Loomis is now an arch enemy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so uh, what do you think about the, have you heard any of the new Ingra? I heard the, the, the single they put out, the Eric video. Yep. What do you think of the song? Uh, just, you know, Fabio Lund hasn't been involved in anything that great in the past couple of years. Angra hasn't been involved in anything that great in the past few years. Um, ever since Edu left. Yeah. And it's just unspectacular. It's I was about to say the same thing. It was so un- bleh. I don't know. Just it's, hopefully the, the album's gone. better. The magic is gone with anger. I, I hate to say it, but like, what is it? Three strikes now. This is the third strike <laughs> with it, anger. Nah, it can't be that much. What was the last good album? Um, for me, the last good album was Rebirth, and um, I I don't know. I just feel like they've been treading water ever since. They just lost that magic that that made them so uh, great for those first ten years. So. It's it's a bummer. I always we always have those old albums, but yeah. What okay. what did you think? Did you, when you listened to it, it was pretty unspectacular, like you said. Yeah. I did like the Aqua album. I mean, no, no, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> Are you sure? I'm not a fan of that album, really. Or maybe I'll go back and listen to it. It's been a while, but I'll. I'll I remember just feeling very uh, blasé about it. I mean the the okay the track that really sticks out is that. Um, the Rising Thunder. I don't remember. See exactly. Yeah, give it a, give it another shot, maybe. Okay. But this, what I heard today, was nothing like that album. Yeah, I know. But you know, I wasn't that excited about the choice anyway when they announced it. I just thought that it was kind of predictable, actually. So it's unfortunate. Fabio. Yeah, that guy is just he's he's good at what he does. I saw him as like what he does. <laughs> Camelot a couple years ago. I know. I was at that show. And yeah. Unfortunately, it's Cam- was it him and um, who who was the singer, if the female vocalist? It was um, Amanda. Was it Amanda at that show? I think it was. I didn't think Amanda was on that tour. Could have been Alyssa White Glues, right? No. Uh, maybe it was, it was somebody. The other tour. Was it? Was it? Oh, Simone? Louise Reed from Amaranth, right? I don't think so. Oh, Simone Simmons what, from Epica. Simone. That's right. They were, they were yeah. touring. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Together. Was it a female? It was <laughs> a female. Can you imagine that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so female-fronted metal has to be brutal, right? Um, or, or operatic. Not necessarily. Operatic. Brutal or operatic. Those are kind of the two options, yeah. Yeah, that's what you got. Yeah. We heard another band tonight, I mean, that we're going to get to, I, I think, on a future episode. It's called Triospheres. Yeah. What do you think of that? It was it was interesting. Very Doropestious. Yeah, very vocals, low registered yeah. vocals. You know, there's that band I was telling you guys, I was telling you about earlier um, in the year was uh, Donna Destiny. Mm-hmm. They're gonna end up in my top ten list, I think, for the year. And that vocalist is very reminiscent of uh, Ann Wilson of Heart. 
So really? that's a different style in metal that yeah. I had never heard before. And she's yeah, she's a German singer. Really, really good. Weird. Yeah. So yeah, you don't have to be just brutal or no. there's, or operatic. There's shades in between, yeah. The shades in between are like within temptation. Very poppy. <laughs> yeah. Or amaranty. There's nothing wrong with that. Amarant. So let's talk about this is this Queendrike scene. I was just thinking, like, oh, Queensryche, that would have been a perfect place for Jeff Loomis to go. He could have transformed what they're doing. I think Parker Lundgren's an okay guitarist, but he's not, Rick. He's not really doing a lot in terms of uh, filling the void left by Chris DeGarmo. And so, uh, anyway. Dude, Chris um, DeGarmo's been out of the band for 20 years. Yeah, that's no. yeah, fine. <laughs> Has it been that long? Yeah, it's been that long. Uh, 97, so just under. Close. Just under 20 years. Wow. He came back in 03 for Tribe, and yeah. But he mm-hmm. hasn't, um, yeah. He Look where that got him. Yeah. He's doing fine. He's a pilot. Is he really? Yeah, he flies weird jets for a corporate, you know, people, hmm. business guys and stuff. So. Yeah. There's money there. Yeah. So let's talk about this, this, this thing you brought to my attention, which I hadn't really heard about this yet. Yeah, so Queensryche is offering their, um, I guess, uh, you know, more wealthy, experienced fans the opportunity to own a part of the band. So you would invest $50,000. You can get a pinky finger or index finger. <laughs> what you're going to own is you're, you would own, like, I guess, a 2% share of the company that, in, that houses the band structure. Um, Queensryche LLC? They, yeah, exactly, Queensryche LLC. And... Uh, I was looking at their their I guess it's on Indiegogo or Kickstarter or something like that. Like how many people took them up on the offer? So they're valuing big their band fat at, zero right now. <laughs> really? They're yeah. valuing their band at two point five million. Yeah, something like that. There there actually was a valuation on it, and um, I don't know. I just think it's one of the goofiest ideas I've ever heard of. This is a band that is touring sporadically. They don't go on massive tours, mm-hmm. which they should be. They should be taking out. They should be going out on co-headlining joints with Ice Earth and yeah. bands like that, like trying to forge themselves as a serious metal band. Instead, they're playing state fairs and festivals and like you know, like uh, biker rallies and stuff that, that I'm sure pay them really well. No, the, but they're intermittent. The, dates. This is the which version of Queensrÿch are we talking about? This is the technically there's only one version of Queensrÿch now right. legally. Yeah, it's the Todd Latore front. Okay, end. Todd Latore. Okay, yeah, three original members: Michael Wilton, Scott Rockenfield, and Jackson. I. Do you think that's a little overvaluing themselves now at this point in their career? Well, no, I mean, it's not overvaluing themselves because that's because they're basing their valuation on how much they make per appearance, like mm-hmm. live appearances. I mean, they get guaranteed a certain amount of money by promoters, um, no matter how many tickets they sell. So they're basing it off of that, like how much money they can generate per year. Right. Just doing these dates. But they, they're not, they're so disappointing that they've, they've gotten all these victories. They won the name from Jeff Tate, but they're not doing what they need to do. They need to, okay, finish this album, release it, and then announce, like, a major freaking awesome tour. Like, go co-headline with Dream Theater. Have, Mm. like, a band like Camelot as your support act. Like, make it a real event package tour. But they're they're content to go play with, like, you know, Winger and Dawkin (laughs) at, like, Rocklahoma or something. You know what I mean? Their heart's just not in it anymore. Rockin' Dawkin, man. I don't. It's not that. I just think their management sucks. Mm-hmm. Like I think their management's not daring. They're just sort of like we'll just take the easy money option, which is you guys going on these nostalgia package yeah. you know, festival dates and like going to play Sturgis in Jersey, which is a biker rally, which pays them rather well. But 
you're you're paying to an older audience that doesn't give a crap about your new stuff. Mm-hmm. You need to be playing with. You need to take out Fate's Warning or something. You need to take out Iced Earth. You know, like be like, hey, Iced Earth, let's go on a co-headlining tour. Think outside the box. A little Think bit. outside the box. Bring like have Lacuna Coil come and open for you. Have Arch Enemy come and open for you. Mix it up with metal. Like that's your base. The, when they played Houston last time, they played the um, the um, arena the theater. arena theater with Hellstar. Which is a which play- is a cool with a cool mix up right there. It's a cool mix, but it's also not like a metal show because no. you're playing in the arena theater where like when old R and B like singers come to town, <laughs> they come to the arena theater. Yeah, hey, I went and saw the monkeys there last year. Well, that's cool, but that's the monkeys. That's not metal. You know, I mean? <laughs> no, it's not a place for a metal show. It's it, just a weird. It's, it's a place where Dwight Yoakam, for example, is going to be here in a week. He's going to play at the arena theater. Why do you Perfect. Know that? For Dwight Yoakam. There's a big sign. You can't miss it when you're driving you down the road. You can't miss it. The advertisements are in the Houston press all the time. Don't but, try to diminish his cred. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, just, this isn't, I don't know. I have so many things I could say about what Queen's Rex doing wrong, and they're just doing everything wrong. And this is just the latest in a long line of gaffes and blunders. Because that way. what they need to be doing right now is, is already working on a new album. Well, they, no, that they, are, they are in the studio, but they're... They keep interrupting their re- writing and their recording process by going out to fly out for these one-off shows. They're not ever touring. They're just doing these one-off shows. Like every couple weeks, we'll do another date here. We'll do another show here in Vegas. We'll go over here and do one in, I don't know, Tampa or whatever. They need to yeah. lock them in a room and that's it. They need to be on a tour with a metal band. Hey, that's, you know what? That's why they're just released a, a great new album, Take Sanctuary you ima- on the Road. Could you imagine that, man? Sanctuary a, with Queensryche? Be a metal band and take out metal bands and support metal bands. Go on tour in Europe. Go play Vaki. Why isn't Queensryche trying to make a bid to play Vaki in open air? Are you, yep. are you mental? Go. This is your audience. God's a metal festival. Italy, go. Oh, <laughs> you idiots. <laughs> making me so mad. Here, dude. It's hey, Manowar all over again. <laughs> take my hand, dude. I'm going to help you off that soapbox. <laughs> All right, so um, let's wrap up this episode in a nice little metal bow. We have one more track that we would like to play. Um, This is something that I'm I'm really excited about. But first of all, let's let everybody know where they can find us and let everybody know where they can find our special guest, blah, 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 all that stuff. Uh, You can find uh, me at uh, The Metal Pigeon on Facebook, Twitter, uh, pretty much anything you want. I'll, I'll be there. Everywhere? Everywhere. At gmail.com also. Pornhub.com? Metalpigeon.com. You on Pornhub.com? No. If you look for the Metal Pigeon, we won't find you there? I will make that happen tonight. All right. Get on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you, sir? Uh, you can find me at ComicalPodcast.com. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at ComicalPodcast. We put out a new episode every Friday talking about comics and everything in the realm of comics, TV, movies, news, Everything. I'm going to go subscribe to you guys. You should, man. I appreciate it. Our show's pretty funny. I think you'll enjoy it. It is funny. If you're into comic books and all that geeky stuff, you're definitely going to enjoy it. And you should talk about metal more on the show. If if my co-host was a metal fan, he probably would. All right. So you can find us, of course, the same place, metalinjection.net, where you can find all the great podcasts that make up the Metal Injection Radio. You can find us as well as metalgeeks.net. That's where you can find up, I guess... Our podcast network that I've started. Yes. It's this show as well as Metal Geeks. Yes. Which is my our other show that I do that um, we, we talk about metal sometimes, but it's more comic books and video games and geeky culture stuff like that, which is a lot of fun. And you've been on that show. Yep. Um, you can find us again on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all those places. All that stuff. All that stuff. 
So, one more track I would like to play. Okay. One of my favorite bands, we mentioned what band is associated with the word doom metal to me. That's the band Trouble. I am yeah. a huge fan of this I'll band. Always that. have been, always will be. Eric Wagner has always been one of my favorite vocalists. Um, he has just a unique quality to his vocals. Yeah, definitely a very unique voice. And not to say that the album that Trouble put out last year without Eric Wagner, he's no longer in the band. Um, they had Kyle Thomas, who was you know originally from Mix Order and a bunch of bands. He did a great job. But in, in the here's where these sort of albums sort of live separately from each other. They sort of took a different level. The Skull album which, of course, was one of the early Trouble album titles, um, features Eric Wagner, original vocalist, Oli, the original drummer, and the bass player, original bass player. And the Skull, I mean, the Trouble band has the two original guitar players, so they have that that guitar style. But I am really happy with the Skull album. It's, hmm. it's I know, I think both of yeah. you guys took a listen to it earlier. And weren't too excited for it. Yeah, but you know that's just like a cursory listen. I'll have to give it another shot. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it didn't do much for me personally. The, the vocals just weren't really towards my sensibilities, like what I enjoy. But I, I will, I will give it a fair shot, and I'll listen to the entire album. So what I think maybe um, if you've never heard Trouble before, which you probably need, we'll start you off with some older Trouble stuff, and then you'll you'll get to know his voice better. And you'll be like, okay, so Trouble is an acquired taste. For yeah. as good as they were. There are a lot of people who probably don't who wouldn't like that band. I and there's de- there's definitely different eras eras yeah. of the of the band. There was like the you know early doom stuff, and then like a psychedelic album, and yeah. So they're like the Scorpions of doom metal. They just had totally different. Yeah, it's pretty true. Career. Every yeah. album was really different from each yeah. other. Yeah. So let's get into something. Um, this is from the album that just came out called "For Those Which Are Asleep." And the uh, the song is called Till the Sun Turns Black. And you are welcome for getting this stuck in your head. <laughs> so thanks again to my co-host, Sean. And thank you to Justin from the Comical Podcast for coming out and uh, keeping it metal with us. Thanks for having me. It was fun. One last thing. Keep it metal. Keep it metal. I didn't have to say it. <laughs> right. Enjoy.
to another fine podcast brought to you by MSR Productions. All rights reserved, blah, 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 blah. For reviews, archives of our podcasts, and all your other metal geekery needs, please visit msrcast.com. Metal or die! Let's do metal all the time! Yeah!